Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Daniel Garber and I just wanted to jump on here and update a few things. Uh, I've officially changed the name of the podcast. It's no longer Daniel's Fantastical Podcast, but it's going to be called Talking About. And I feel this name is a lot better than Daniel's Fantastical Podcast because nobody really knows who I am uh, as of now. Uh, my hopes is that this thing kind of takes on a life of its own and it gets to the point where it uh, I can just do this full time. Uh, I just kind of feel like changing the name is going to help me branch out a little bit more and be able to brand, uh, brand the name as, you know, I get deeper into this. Uh, and I feel like the name is just going to give me a lot of freedom to be able to talk about whatever it is I want to talk about. Uh, you know, so, uh, so that's out of the way. I'm currently working on a Facebook page for the podcast. So, you know, you, people can go find me pretty easily. Uh, you can find me through the Anchor app. You can find me through Spotify, uh, Google Play, podcasts. Uh, name Mostly I use the Anchor app to record right now uh, as I'm able to afford, you know, more better equipment. And uh, I will probably shift it to a different platform to record my podcasts uh, as, you know, that time, you know, when that time comes, uh, you know, I'll find a broader service to be able to use so I can get this out there to more people. So anyways, thank you. Welcome. Again, my name is Daniel Garber, and this is Talking About. And today, I want to talk about Bobby Bonilla Day. Bobby Bonilla was a baseball player from about 1986 to 2001. He signed a two-year deal with the Mets back in 1998 to play 90, 1999 and 2000 seasons with the Mets. Well, the Mets decided that they were going to buy out the last year of his contract. And, um, and they said that, hey – Instead of paying you this all up front, why don't we pay you in uh, yearly increments and we'll invest the money and we will give you 8% interest is what they uh, agreed upon. So every year, Bobby Bonilla on July 1st gets $1,193,248.20 from the New York Mets. So now this man has not played baseball since 2001. Has, has not been in the league, but every year he gets a check. I mean, how awesome would that be? You go to uh, your job, and your job says, hey, we're just going to buy you out for the remainder uh, of your work life, and we're just we're not going to pay you right away, uh, but we'll pay you in increments down the line. Now, it's not something that's unheard of, but what's unique about the situation is the Mets were in line with Bernie, uh, Bernie Madoff, and they were promised uh, – that they would double their money if they just gave Bernie their all their money, if they gave Madoff all their money. And, well, that never came to fruition. Um, they actually lost a lot of money. A lot of people lost a lot of money. It was a Ponzi scheme where uh, Madoff was making all this money, and he was uh, making his numbers look like they were this special thing when really they were just horrible. Um, so he ended up going to jail for that. So, you know, so Bobby Bonilla is like, yeah, no, sure, why not? So instead of paying him out for his 
you know, the last season he played, uh, the 5.9 million, that 5.9 million turned out to be 20 for, I think it was like $24 million. Uh, you know, it, it was the smartest investment of any player. And I love Bobby Bonilla Day because it was the smartest move any baseball player could make because now every year it's like he has his own trust fund because every year he knows that check's going to clear, you know, like, it was just a smart move, and it's your typical Mets move. I mean, that's the New York Mets. Let's be honest; they make a lot of questionable moves where you're just like, "That that makes no sense." So they waste good pitching, they waste good batters. So you know, it really doesn't make a lot of sense that they would want to make this move. So instead of paying five point nine million, they now owe him over twenty million dollars, uh, and that's that started uh, in two thousand eleven and it goes on through twenty thirty three. You know, and it's the greatest thing ever, you know, to kind of put it in perspective. Uh, I read earlier today that uh, Bobby Bonilla will be paid 13 years after Bryce Harper's contract expires. I mean, you can't pay for that return on your investment. It, you know, like, you know, if a bank could promise you 8% on $500,000, yeah, you would take that all day, every day, you, you know, um, so it's i think at this point it's just a fun thing to keep the mets relevant you, you know what i mean um so yeah that's bobby bonilla day and that is probably the single greatest baseball day to exist i think all, a lot of us will be sad when it's over and done with um you know kind of go through some of the other players uh who have deferred money over the years Let's see. Max Scherzer, he'll receive $105 million from the Nationals, will be paid through 2028. Manny Ramirez will collect $24.2 million from the Boston Red Sox through 2026. Ken Griffey Jr., he deferred money. He'll get $3.59 million from the Reds every year through 2024. Uh, it's a deferral from his nine-year deal of $116 million uh, that he signed to be with the Reds back in 2000. Back in 2000. And that... You know, a lot of the uh, small market teams in the Mets are a small market team, even though they play in a major market, they don't have the revenue that like the Yankees have. You know, you see these kinds of contracts where they want to hit these big name players, but they really can't afford it. So what they'll put out to the press and to the public is saying, oh, yeah, we signed. Let's just use Ken Griffey Jr. and the Reds. Oh, yeah, we signed Ken Griffey to a hundred and six million dollar contract. And, you know. And, and he's, you know, we signed him to this, this big old deal. And so now they don't have, they don't necessarily have the money to pay him yearly. Um, and, you know, we're going to jump subjects here in a minute, uh, but I just want to kind of get this out, out there, you know, so they didn't like a lot of the small ball, uh, small town ball clubs don't have that money. And so what they do is they'll defer to their big star players, you know, they'll defer that money to kind of save them a little bit, up front, but it ends up costing them more in the long run, I think. So like Bobby Bonilla, like, yeah, oh yeah, I take that all day, every day. So instead of paying that dude out, they he, he makes bank every single year. I mean, that would be nice to make $1.1 million every single year uh, guaranteed. So, you know, uh, that is Bobby Bonilla day. The next thing I kind of want to cover is hockey and what's going on in the hockey world. Uh, you know, so we're finally in the Stanley Cup final. 
the Vegas Golden Knights got kicked out, and thank you, Jesus, I am so happy they're gone. Because that team, I, I said to my buddies, my buddies Nick's podcast that, you know, Vegas is a good team on paper. They have a lot of good pieces. What I don't like is their fan base. Their fan base annoys me because half of them don't even know what hockey is. Half of them don't understand how the game works, you know, uh, and it, it shows. It, it shows in each and every playoff season uh, series that they play, the fans boo the wrong thing. It's like, dude, this is how hockey works. Yeah, it's a penalty. You can't boo the refs for doing their job. You know, and, and you know, to be perfectly fair, the refs really haven't done a stand-up job this uh, finals. I just, I just, it's been bad all around. There have been a lot of missed calls. There have been a lot of uh, uh, really just kind of ticky-tacky calls. Like, uh, and a lot of them have gone, had gone against uh, the teams that Vegas has played, uh, has played. You know, and, and, and Vegas has this history of. You know, the first year they came out of the gun, they came out of it and they made it to the Stanley Cup final and got blown out by a better team, you know. So, and then each of the last three seasons, they failed to get over the hump. They've lost to a team they probably shouldn't have lost to. They definitely shouldn't have lost to Montreal because Montreal just flat out throttled them. You know, they just outplayed them. You know, they outplayed them, outworked them, you, you know. I just don't think that Vegas with their lineup, I can't, you can't point to any one player and say, Hey, that guy has, has the heart to want to grind, you know, when it when the going gets tough, they just don't have that. I just don't see it happening. You know, in Vegas, I just, I don't like their makeup. I think the league gives them too much of a pass when it comes to their personnel, when it comes to uh, their day-to-day operations, when it comes to the product they put out on the ice. And the only thing that really kept them in the playoffs, and, and you know, this might, I'm not a crazy conspiracy theorist when it comes to for sports or anything, really. I, I want to know the facts. What are the facts? But the facts are the NHL needed money, and Vegas is a primetime money getter, money grabber. You know they're gonna they're gonna put butts in the seats. They're gonna sell jerseys. They're gonna they're gonna uh, uh, they're gonna sell tickets. They're gonna sell TV uh, deals. You know they're gonna people are gonna watch. You, you know so Vegas has this has this lucrative is lucrative sexy team to watch in the finals because ah it's Vegas. But you know the reality is there's a lot of teams out there who get screwed because of that thought process. You know, my Colorado Avalanche, not to sound bitter, and, you know, like I, I, I subscribe to about six or seven different hockey pages, and Wheelhouse Hockey is one of the pages I subscribe to, and I was getting into heated arguments with people saying, oh, you're just bitter, you're just sad, you're just a snowflakey fan, you're mad that they got eliminated. No, like I will be the first one to criticize the teams that I love, you because because you know I, I view hockey and I view sports as a business. That's what it is. Sports is a business, and these are business decisions that these teams have to make. You know, and so when I see the product of the ice on the ice, and I see what's happening with the referees, where the referees are making calls that are questionable at best, you know, it makes you wonder: like, does the league have? have it out for Vegas to win a championship. 
And I think they do. And I think, unfortunately, what happened with Montreal is Montreal just, they didn't get that memo because Montreal has nothing to lose and they've had nothing to lose. And when you face a team that has nothing to lose, look, you're, you're in for a world of hurt if you don't outwork them because a team that has nothing to lose has more heart than a team that has the most talented lineup in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I feel like Colorado and Vegas were those two teams. Now, have Colorado been able to vanquish Vegas and go on to Montreal? I think that would have been a much different series because Colorado enjoys the grind. They enjoy the work. They like to work. And, you know, this is a team that I've I've watched every single game this season on TV because, you know, Corona, we couldn't couldn't go. Girlfriend and I, we couldn't get tickets to the game. Uh, they were just too ridiculous. The cheap seats were like going for three, four hundred bucks a pop. You know, whatever is what it is. Uh, there's always next year I plan on going to as many games as I can possibly afford next season. And um, but I think if Colorado had played Montreal, I think that series would have played out much differently because Colorado, again, they enjoy the grind. They enjoy working. They enjoy, uh, you know, when things get hard, they enjoy figuring out how to make it better. But there's no making it making it better or riding the ship when the, the cards are stacked against you. You know, and I feel like the cards were definitely stacked against uh, Colorado in that Vegas series. I mean, just look at some of the calls that were being, the ticky-tack fouls that were being called, the penalties that were being called on Colorado. It's hard to overcome that. And then not having Cadre uh, in the lineup, that that took away a lot of grit that Colorado had, I feel. That, you know, had Kadri been able to play, uh, I think that that series goes seven. I think Colorado forces a game seven. And, uh, and who knows what would have happened then. You know, so when the cards are stacked up against you, you there's just no winning. You, you, you know what I mean? So, you know, so like I said, we're in the Stanley Cup final. I think Tampa Bay is just going to mop the floor with uh, the Canadians because they're the better team. They're the more focused team. They're the bigger, stronger, faster, just deeper hockey club. And I don't want to even discuss the fact that they're $18 million over the cap. How they're even able to function is beyond me. But, you know, during the playoffs, the cap rules really don't apply during playoffs. Uh it's just during the regular season that they apply. And they, they did struggle through the regular season to kind of get into the playoffs. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Tampa just got bored halfway through the season. We're like, they, everybody played the, played the same teams all year. The North played the North, the South played the South, the East played the East, the West played the West, you know? So it's, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, hockey plays out next season because now we have Seattle coming uh, into the league. I'm, I'm excited. I think that team's going to be really good out of the gate because hockey's in a state of they have too much talent. There's just too much talent out there to be able to protect everything. So I think Seattle, if they play their cards right, they're going to be able to pick up some really good pieces and they're going to be able to uh, get a get a team put together. Uh, that'll be able to, um, right out the gate, compete with Vegas. We'll be able to compete with the Pacific uh, Division. Uh, we'll be able to be, compete with the San Jose's and the the uh, um, the Kings and the Ducks and the um, 
the Flames, Oilers, and uh, uh, Vancouver Canucks. I think they'll be able to. I think they're, they they should be really good on paper, but you know, uh, that's that's just it. It's just on paper. We don't know what the product's going to be. We don't know who the players are going to be, and you know, so there's going to be a minor realignment. Uh, the Phoenix Coyotes. And that's the next thing I want to talk about is Phoenix Coyotes because the Phoenix Coyotes are an interesting team and not interesting in a good way, but interesting in the way that they're going to be moved. It's inevitable. The writing's on the wall. The money's just not there in Phoenix. Like for the third straight season, they can't pay their signing bonuses on time. What's that say about your organization? What's it to say that they drafted a guy who had some character issues, who had some well-known, well-documented character issues that has all the hockey talent in the world, but is a POS on, you know, off the ice. You know, he was caught bullying a, uh, a black, uh, a black disabled kid in high school, you know, it was caught on video and, you know, it was just, it's just, you know, I, I, I believe everybody has a chance at redemption, but, you know, when other teams are still questioning this kid's character years after the fact, yeah, you stay away from that guy. So they essentially wasted a vacated a pick because of that. They vacated their first and second round picks due to uh, them fudging the rules on how to work out players. Like, so you can only work out college kids and kids that play in the uh, junior hockey division. Um you know, during the combine, you can't work them out any other time. They can't visit your facility. They can't work out on your ice. They can't, you can't, you can go talk to them, but that's it. But they were caught doing that. So they ended up having to pay uh, $500,000 as a franchise and uh, forfeited their first and second round picks for the next like couple of seasons. Um, you know, and not to mention that the team is just, you know, they, you know, again, they, they're, I would lump them in a team that on the surface looks like they're trying to build a championship, but really, you know, they might get lucky and make the playoffs and they get smoked in the first round. That's just the reality of the Phoenix Coyotes or the Arizona Coyotes. I'm sorry. It's the Arizona Coyotes. I'm old, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm old school. They were the Phoenix Coyotes before they were the Arizona Coyotes, you know, and, and I feel bad for the hardcore fans that love the Arizona Coyotes that love this team. I feel bad for these fans because they don't deserve this. No fan base deserves to have to, 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 to have to wonder, like, are we going to have a team next year? You, you, you know, is the, you know, when's enough enough for the league? When's the NHL going to step in and say, you know, enough's enough. We're going to strip this owner of the team and remove and, and the team is probably going to be sold and be moved. My theory is with them moving into the central division, uh, they're going to, they're going to get sold. And I think they're going to move to Quebec because Quebec is wanted the city. It's a city that's wanted a team since uh, the Nordiques left and became the Colorado avalanche back in 95, uh, 95, 96 season. And, you know, so, or it's 94, 95 season. One of those two. So anyways, semantics. Correct me later. Um, uh, so, you know, I think that if you're the Phoenix Coyotes ownership, you owe the city, I said it again, 
the Arizona Coyotes. I'll get it right, I promise. By the end of this podcast, I will get this right. Uh, if you're Arizona, if you're the Arizona ownership, you owe your fans an apology for for the crap you've pulled over the years. You owe that fan base a big apology for wasting their time, for wasting their money, and, and, and you know, and, and really just breaking their hearts year in and year out. You know, I hate it when teams are on paper, you know, meet the eye test. You know, like, oh wow, this team is good, but they don't match the heart test. They don't match the grit test. They, it's not. It's not about looking good on paper. It's like, how do you produce? Like I said in my previous podcast where I talked about baseball, it's what have you done for me lately? And the Phoenix Coyotes, Arizona Coyotes, whatever, the Coyotes haven't done anything. You know, they've made the playoffs a couple of times. Cool. Oh, yeah. Give our fan base hope, just enough hope, look just good enough to get blown out by the right teams. You know, oh, well, you know, we met a buzzsaw in Colorado. There was no way we were going to beat them. <laughs> and then they go and uh, get rid of all the players that they traded for. Like the, the the Taylor Hall, the Hall trade, that was nothing but to put butts in seats. That's all that move was. There was no real effort to make a playoff push there, period. And, you know, and I will defend my statements about the Arizona Coyotes to the day I die, because they're 100% true. No matter what way you look at this team, this franchise, this franchise is just garbage. They're a garbage franchise, and and they don't, and their fans don't deserve don't deserve this sort of treatment. Period. So, anyways, that is all I have to say today. Thank you for listening. Uh, uh, like I said, keep looking for that Facebook page. I hope to have it up and running uh, by the end of the day today where you can go like, subscribe. We can interact with each other. You can ask me questions. I can, you know, I put some poll questions up on there. If you want, if there's a subject you want to hear me talk about, uh, you know, let me, you can let me know there. Um, so anyways, I look forward to this podcast and, you know, again, the name of the podcast is talking about, you can find me on Spotify. You can find me through the anchor app. The anchor app is probably your best bet to find me on whatever platform you stream from. They're constantly adding new, uh, new platforms to publish podcasts on and they make podcasting really simple, really easy. I love it. Uh, I, I love it. It makes it simple for somebody like me to be able to record what I want to record, say what I want to say. So anyways, thank you. I look forward to doing this more in the future. Good luck. Have a great day.